From Tulsa Tech, helping you make your own path with insights and information about the world of career training. The Tech Times Podcast starts right now. Hello, thanks for tuning in and welcome to the Tech Times Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Williams. When a district like ours grows to serve over 6,000 full-time students over the course of our 50-plus year history, as well as training tens of thousands of clients each year, you need a massive team helping to make sure that everything runs smooth and safe for all of our students and staff. Today, I'm joined by someone who's in charge of the many things that we as employees and students maybe take for granted. I'm, joined, I'm pleased to be joined today by Russ Hester, Associate Superintendent of Operations. Thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely, and thank you, Ryan. It's great to be here. Obviously, operations comes, covers kind of a wide array of services and things we provide. Could you talk a little bit about the areas of the district you oversee? I sure can. I sure can. I represent uh, the, the teams that are the dial tone service teams, and I call them the dial tone service that you pick up the phone. In the old days when you had phones, you always wanted that dial tone there, and uh, it's just always there, always on, and pretty much invisible. Uh, so I uh, work with the IT team, I work with facilities, uh, construction and construction planning, uh, work with conference services, uh, transportation, work with the marketing team, uh, safety and security. So pretty much the, the support services uh, that help keep the district up and running and services flowing to our students. There's a lot of great people that work across those many teams that you just mentioned. Talk a little bit about those folks that you work with every day. They are hardworking, amazing folks, and uh, they're, they're here to serve. And uh, uh, not a day goes by when I don't see some of our team members just out, just, just hustling to keep things going. And uh, they're not after thank yous. They're just, just trying to keep things going for students. And uh, that's, that's very rewarding uh, for the, the list of services that you mentioned, it, it runs the gamut in our, across our district from, you mentioned construction and facilities maintenance to food services to IT. Um, do you enjoy being a part of that just diverse group of people? I do. I do. Uh, every team's different and uh, every team has their own uh, challenges and their, their uh, work requirements, but they're, they're all great, great folks. Um, uh, I try to get out and spend time with each of our teams to, to get, uh, you know, their perspectives on uh, the services that are provided and the needs that they have as a team. Uh, I, I truly believe in the upside-down model, so I work for the teams. So whatever needs that they bring to the table, I try to help uh, get those those needs met. Um. I mean, you just brought it up a little bit. What What does a typical day look like for you? I mean, it can't be... There can't be a typical day with all of these different folks you work with. Uh, there's not. There's not. Uh, every day there's, uh, there's uh, unique situations. There's wild cards. There's uh, uh, things that come up that, that you have to kind of work together on uh, throughout the day. Uh, you can script out your week, but the script rarely sticks. Uh, I'd say you know, a good part of my week is meeting with my teams, meeting with my team leaders, um, making sure I understand their needs. Uh, but then there's always uh, the exception. Something breaks, something doesn't work, something gets gets hacked, and then uh, you shift gears and then uh, um, uh, connect and find solutions. We talk a lot about um, student success across our district. When we talk about student success, we talk about career journeys that students make, you know, throughout their whole life path. What does your career journey look like? Have you always worked in education? I have had a kind of a varied career. Uh, so if you 
take essentially a 40-year career and break it into two pieces, 20 years and 20 years. Uh, my first 20 years was in IT, IT consulting, software design, database administration. Uh, I moved all around the country, worked for a number of different uh, companies, and I worked for an auto transport company, I worked for a railroad, I worked for a hotel developer, I worked in the, uh, at the biggest copper mine in America, uh, taking care of their IT needs and building up their systems. And then uh, uh, over that time period also, I uh, uh, had several businesses that I owned. I had a software company in New Mexico and uh, had several e-commerce businesses that sold worldwide uh, commercial uh, consumer products. Uh, I owned a, a, a commercial bakery, a retail bakery, and that was uh, interesting and rewarding. And I, I love business and everything that goes with it. I like seeing something that uh, comes from a, a, an idea that turns into something that provides uh, services and quality services. So you went the gamut of IT and all of those networking services and things to bakery? I did. I did. Basically, the common denominator is the ownership of the business, or at least the idea of that. Um, how did you end up in career and technical education? So over over the years in, in my IT uh, world, uh, when I would design software, I typically ended up being the trainer for the software. Somehow people figured out I liked to train and was good at training. So I would design the software, document the software, then I would be out front doing all the training, and I realized I love training. Uh, so uh, in the, the 90s, I started working as an ACD instructor, uh, just kind of as a hobby because I loved it. So I worked at Francis Tuttle in the evenings uh, doing a ACD classes. So uh, some of our adult part-time classes you were teaching in the IT frame? I, I was. Oh, I was, awesome. I, I was teaching e-commerce classes uh, and then uh, computer literacy, just a number of, of uh, different classes. I would design the class, teach the class, and, and I thoroughly, thoroughly loved that. And then... Um, uh, at, at one point in my IT career, I went into educational IT, worked for American Education Corporation, and they built uh, software uh, that was for K-12 settings that was assessment software and curriculum, and I traveled around the country training on that and thoroughly loved it. So I had that, and then I had my AD, ACD uh, training going. Uh, at one point, uh, Francis Tuttle, their administration didn't really have... Uh, tech representation at the executive level, and they created a position for chief technology officer. And uh, several people came up to me, and uh, again, I was connected through the ACD world, and they said, hey, there's this, this new position. You need to apply for it. And I was probably contacted three times, maybe four times, so that you ought to do this, you ought to do this. And uh, they said, we're going to do a nationwide hunt for a chief technology officer. And I didn't apply because I thought, well, I'm, I'm right here. I live here. I'm teaching here. They're not going to hire me. They're looking all over the country. They have a consultant in Florida that's uh, doing this job hunt, the search. Well, on the last day of the posting, I thought, okay, I'll, I'll go ahead and throw my name in the hat. And then so they went through the interview process. They narrowed it down to 12 from around the country. I was the only one local. And so I had to do telephone interviews to, to keep it comparable. And as it worked out, I ended up getting the position as, as chief technology officer at Francis Tuttle. Very nice. Out of a nationwide search. It, I don't even know how it happened. Just, <laughs> just, uh, just luck. Just luck. But uh, I, was, I was really uh, excited and blessed to get that opportunity. Their uh, IT at the time uh, had 
had some pretty big issues, and um, a lot of it was customer service-related issues, uh, almost attitude issues, and uh, they weren't super well-liked by their, their uh, user base. So uh, one of my first assignments was to work with that, that team and that culture and try to get a service culture in place instead of a, a, a law enforcement culture. You know, they, they were like wanting to rule the roost, call the shots, and instead of being customer-driven. Wow. So... Uh, was this pre-Y2K? It was. Okay. It was. For yes. all the kids out there, Y2K, go Google it, look it up. <laughs> yes, quite a while back. And then I was also handed uh, their online learning programs, and uh, we launched and did worldwide. We had uh, 27, 28 countries of people connecting into online learning, and so their their administration didn't really understand that, so they handed me that as well. So I worked those two, two fronts, and over... Um, uh, and through that process, you know, I at that point I had uh, my bachelor's degree. I had uh, accounting and IT background on on my education, and uh, I realized I'm I'm going to be coming into contact with teachers, and I need to know as much as I can, and I need credibility. So I feel like I've earned the right to sit at the table and visit with instructors on their needs and and connect into their world. And so I went and got uh, uh, master's in education and then got started getting certifications and eventually got my uh, superintendent certification. But that wasn't really to advance in the organization. It was to be able to connect and understand and, and provide solid service to, to the instructors and understand their needs. Sure. So at, at some time after that, uh, the superintendent uh, came up to me and said, you really kind of turned the IT department around. They, people love them now. And can you do that with our facilities <laughs> department? And I said, I, Magically. I know nothing about <laughs> facilities, but I do know stuff about teams and, and, and team dynamics. Sure. And so they handed me facilities. And uh, so just day by day learned about facilities, but focusing on the people aspect of of. Uh, making sure they had what they needed, uh, making sure they had customer service mindset, uh, getting the right people in the right seats, and, and just just kind of doing the team dynamics work and learn through the facilities process. And they kept handing me operational stuff, copy center, transportation, food, and uh, then eventually they, they moved me into the associate soup of operations role. And then um, that's the same role I have here at Tulsa Tech. And so you were kind of pushed into a leadership role. Uh, I, I was, I don't know if I was pushed. I was <laughs> just uh, doors unlocked and, and they were go. exciting. And uh, it was opportunity to serve and connect. And you so walked right in. I loved it. That's I great. I loved it. It was, That's it was great. good. Well, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, give you a quick second to catch your breath. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the teams you serve now in our district. And uh, so hang on tight. Want to launch a career in the high-demand, high-paying IT industry? Tulsa Tech can help. Find affordable career training by qualified industry professionals who can help your path move forward. Great training that can give you confidence. Training in Cisco networking, cybersecurity, mobile app development, computer repair and network support, and Windows Server administration. Make your own path to a career in IT by calling 918-828-5000 or visit tulsatech.edu. All 
All right, and we're back. With us here is Russ Hester, Associate Superintendent of Operations at Tulsa Tech. So we talked a little bit earlier about your uh, departments that you oversee. Um, again, it's such a wide variety of departments. I'm really interested to find uh, to know if you find common threads between the departments, and then what are your biggest challenges you face? So uh, the common threads are, are, you know, great people that are, that are here wanting to serve, and, and that's, that's a very big commonality between, between all the departments. Uh, each department has, uh, you know, different challenges. Uh, food service department, you know, uh, a lot of the challenges can relate from uh, we have two people out sick today. Now we have to shuffle the deck, move people around, figure out how we still provide the service. Uh, sometimes we pull items back from the menu for that day to keep it more manageable. Uh, so every day in, in our food service management, they do a great job of, of working through that. Um, on the facility side, you don't know from day to day what's going to break, what's going to leak, what's going to need repairs. Uh, so, um, you know, just a lot of variability there. Uh, see, IT, again, IT, you know, every day, you know, uh, our students are so dependent on technology and it's got to be there or else they come to a stop. Uh, so our IT teams are, are great at trying to get in and quickly uh, diagnose troubles and, and get fixes in place to make sure that the students have resources that they need. So it, it's, they're all, each of the departments are all focused on the students, uh, the marketing team. It's, it's about uh, getting the word out and, and helping students learn about our services and our programs. Uh, and then the, the other teams are about serving them once they're here and making sure they have quality experience, quality buildings, quality technology, and excellent food. Has the pandemic and some of the things we hear about in the business world, you know, supply chains, things like that, impacted our business model as well? It has. It has. Um, uh, a number of things that need repairs that, that break, uh, uh, heating and air systems, uh, you can order a part that used to be on the shelf and now it could be weeks and so you're improvising and uh, bringing in temporary units to heat or cool. Uh, our food, our food costs to us are continually going up so we're continually kind of balancing that and uh, you know we don't we don't like to increase cost to our students but it's a balancing act of, of being good stewards with the money and and paying those bills, but uh, always looking at the product mix to make sure that we have, have what we need. But yeah, every, every day, it, it's a surprise since the pandemic. You, yeah. you never know what's going to uh, go hay haywire in the supply chain or, or in uh, the raw I materials. Mean, two years ago, it was toilet paper, and now it's eggs. And I mean, we got all sorts of different shifting in terms of the commodities. It, it's, uh, it's very interesting. And I don't know if it was Confucius that said this, I think it was, it said, uh, may the times in which you live be interesting. Well, I think we got that. So we're pretty well covered. Um, by the way, I want to say congratulations on passing a 10 year mark here at Tulsa Tech. Thank you. Um, do you have any projects that you were, you've been a part of that you're just so super proud about? You know, all of, all of our um, construction projects are, are always rewarding. You uh, participate from the very uh, concept to rough designs to markups to mock-ups to actually seeing construction take place to seeing buildings open up to then debugging the buildings through warranties that's very very uh, exciting to me and, and rewarding 
Uh, one of the things that I do work with is, is uh, property acquisitions. And so, uh, you know, I was uh, in, involved in acquiring the annex property and then what was the town pump that we converted to expanded parking areas. Uh, Sand Springs, we bought a Long John Silvers. I never thought I'd buy a Long John Silvers. And we bought that to uh, expand the, the footprint of that property. And then uh, just right now, we're uh, working on finalizing the sale of our old Skyline building. And that should close on Friday. And that's been about a two and a half year project to, to get it uh, sold in terms of bringing buyers to the table and getting the right deal. How much did you know initially about commercial real estate before getting started with all of that? Every day is, is a learning experience. <laughs> and, I'm sure. And, and you know, that's, and that's a, a lot of the fun of what I do is just I love to learn. I love to see people learn. And every day I learn stuff and, and I don't want to stop learning. And so uh, here comes a new project and you know 80% of what you need to know and you learn the other 20 and then you apply it to your next project. That's so, right. Yeah. Lifelong learning is a mantra around these parts. It is. Birds, lifetime so. learning. It's yeah. a real thing. What's your biggest passion outside of work? Outside of work, I would say uh, I've got four kids. I, lo I love them and where they've uh, uh, gone with their, their work worlds. Three of them went through career tech and uh, they have all done great. Um, I used to tell them to follow their dreams and I should have been a little more careful with that because they did and they're all over the world. <laughs> my, my son lives in Hong Kong now and it's like, Wow. I rarely get to see him. He's in the restaurant business, and uh, he went to culinary arts at Francis Tuttle and then went to Johnson & Wales. And then, so now he uh, uh, opens up restaurants. He owns a couple of restaurants in Vietnam. And um, so love seeing where career tech helped get him. And uh, uh, I just should have said, uh, follow your dreams, but stay within a drive away so I can see Maybe you. Maybe within the contiguous United States. That would be great. But uh, <laughs> I, I want them to be happy, and I want them to wake up and celebrate the alarm clock every day. And I think all four of them have done that. And, and then uh, now I've got two grandkids that are one and under, and I'm just loving, loving that experience. I love kids. I loved my kids, but now I get kind of a Kids 2.0. That's right. And I'm thrilled with that. You get the opportunity to have fun with them and send them home. I can't wait. They're, can't they're, wait. They're still, they're still, you know, you, you hold them, they're still tiny, but uh, uh, they're getting kind of be more and more interactive. And yeah, my plan is to spoil them and send them home. There you go. Do you have any other hobbies or fun stuff you like to do? Uh, I love to travel. I love to travel. And part of that is the appetite to learn things, see things. Um, uh, my first trip was probably 20 years ago I went to Ireland and it was just so amazing to see how they solve problems so differently the same problems that we'll have here they approach it differently from construction to to how they they live their lives and I, I love stepping into somebody else's world and seeing what that world looks like so I've been uh, uh, able to to see uh, a number of places I've, I've been to uh, Iceland I've been to Ireland uh, Italy, Venice was like being on a movie set, Lake Como, most beautiful place on earth, uh, uh, Alaska. I've been there four times and um, I love it. It's, uh, uh, it's kind of like Colorado with 100 times the mountains and 1% of the people. It's just like raw nature and, and, I, and I love that. So uh, I, I just like seeing things and doing things and, and that um, um, really, really excites me. <laughs> Uh, vacations. I've always gone and kind of orchestrated my own and hop on a train to go across Europe and 
get on a boat to go here. And uh, I uh, uh, married uh, my, my wife at this time about three years ago, and she was a beach person. She loved beach vacations, and I just could not imagine, well, what do you mean you just go and you stay for seven days on the beach? What, where do you go? What do you see? And so she's trained me, and I love that now too. So uh, it, it's very relaxing. Very nice. Sorry, I got a little uh, choked up there. Sorry about that. Uh, that's very nice. Thanks so much for sharing all of that. We appreciate you joining us today on this episode. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you, Ryan. I've enjoyed it. Appreciate the invitation. Thank you for listening to the Tech Times podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And be sure to like us on social media.